Welcome back to the Human Exception. This week we'll be doing something a little different. Hallie had the idea that we all share a couple things that we're into or just neat things that we've come across recently. There's so many things that give us ideas for topics and so many of these ideas just aren't enough to do a full topic on. So this gives you a little bit of insight into our minds and what some of those things are. Uh, expect foul language as usual, but there will be a discussion in regards to feminine reproductive health and general difficulties feminine presenting individuals have getting proper medical care. So please listen with care. Let's get ready for another human exception. Yeah. Right on. Oh. Right on. Hello. Hello. Just the time. Oh. Hi. I'm goofy. Don't mind me. <laughs> You're just have- talking about how we feel weirdly unprepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you guys don't have your usual like full-on write-up, and I am as prepared as ever with my <laughs> random. To be fair, I do have a write-up. Do <laughs> you really? Yes. <sighs> I love you. I just have my usual mod podge hodgepodge of resources and um the confidence of uh a shitty white guy. <laughs> I was gonna say a five year old, but that works too. <laughs> too uh, Amazing. I can do anything. Watch me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, goodness. How are y'all? Sleepy? Yeah. Yep. Live. Yep. Mostly. Here. Mostly. Present. Yeah. Somewhat. I just need to quit rubbing my eyes. <laughs> I was watching a YouTube video earlier today, and at one point there was a fire alarm in the video, and then immediately, like, I nope. don't, and, like, I'm traumatized now. <laughs> oh, nope. no. For context, people... Our fire alarm is haunted and just goes off at random times in the middle of the night. Is what uh, we've been dealing with. So. Now mm-hmm. they've been taken down. <laughs> I finally started a charge back on my nutritionist. Oh shit! Oh, but that's right. What happens when you don't respond to my emails and I'm nice to you? Uh, then I have to do a charge back. But apparently, I'm not the only one. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and now there's a little group of us who are all very aware of each other. Yeah. <laughs> Get her. Not like a conspiratorial group where we're like sitting here applauding her downfall, but like a group of people who are together being like, dude, what the fuck over? Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's fair. It's good confirmation you're not alone. Yeah. I or being awful or crazy, which is Yeah. Something that I I'm always worried I'm being like too too jump the gunny, like too on top of, like too something. I don't know. Not trauma. It's fine. <laughs> I hope that uh, gets you something. 
Yeah, it sounds like they're looking into it at least. So, um, it's legally past the ninety-day uh, auto refund or whatever. Yeah. But because it's a service, I think they're gonna give me some slack. So I just have to provide some evidence, and um, we'll see what happens. So want me to provide evidence for other people too? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like oh, like all my screenshots and all my emails and all of my like correspondence. Yeah, I have that. Prepared. What happens? Yep, don't fuck with Courtney. She'll fuck you up. Did I tell you guys a story about the person who kept calling me at like two a.m. yelling at me? No. What? Yeah, I had someone, this was back when I lived in Alaska, this person would call me at like 2 and 3 in the morning, and like, he thought I was his girlfriend, I don't know, you'd think you would know your girlfriend's voice, um, <laughs> but he was being really shitty with me, and so, like, the after like the second time he called, I reverse looked up his number, found his name, found his mom, found out where he lived, found out his mom's phone number, um, so when he called me the third time, I told him if he called me again, I would be calling his mom and sending a letter and also the police. And he never called me again. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yes. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> like, don't disturb my sleep. Yeah. It's like the one yeah. thing. You can fuck with me a lot of ways, but like, don't mess with my money and don't disturb my sleep for my personal shit. Oh, God, that's so funny. That's like those stories you read sometimes. They're like, I got these unsolicited dick pics, so I found his his sister and sent them. She said, have you seen what oh, your brother's been I doing? I would send it to his grandma. Like, I'm... That's mm. the best. And if grandma doesn't react, then then we've got problems. Then, then there's, yeah, there's a larger... Yeah. Oh, then there's so like funny. a systemic issue, but... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> so welcome back to the human exception. <laughs> <laughs> We're very random, which fits the theme of this episode. Yeah, so like Callie had an idea really where random. we just share some of the stuff that we're into right now. <laughs> Listen, that Jack Parsons thing broke me a little bit, I think. <laughs> I think yeah. that was the point where I went, Oh, I think I need to slow my roll. Okay. <laughs> Well, if I'm slowing my roll, I should make everyone else do it with me. Works out for me because, like, the thing that I'm working on right now is another gen thing, and that's taking time with a lot of research and stuff. So (laughs) I was like, yeah, this will give me some more time to work on that. Heck yeah. Yeah, of course. See, I, even when I'm not trying to, it it worked out for the better. Yay. Oh, it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. Someone's bringing to the table. Mm, someone go first. Do it. Who's going first? I don't know. Whoever wants to go first. Courtney, you're prepared. <laughs> As I ever am. <laughs> <laughs> um. So my mine is not one one subject. I just have like, I like. I'm addicted to social media, which I think we've kind of sorted out here. Um, it's fine. We're all fine. But um, I save 
stuff all the time, either because I think it's cute or it's weird or it makes my brain happy. But I have some weird ones that I've saved that aren't quite, aren't quite maybe enough for a full episode. Um, but uh, I think we're going to kick it off with, um, where is it? So this one, which is from... I've seen it in two different places. So I saved one from the Unrefined Podcast Instagram. Um, I also had this come up on my one of my favorite um, accounts I follow, which is... Now I'm not going to remember the name because I said I love it. <laughs> so now I have to look like an asshole and be like, you know, that one. Is <laughs> it the number station? It is. It's the number station on Instagram. So the number station does like Delta Green memes and stuff so if you've ever heard of delta green it's like that's a tabletop rpg um that's basically like um like people in the government who end up like defending against eldritch horrors and stuff and like weird supernatural things it gets kind of dark and creepy and gory and good um i really love it um my husband loves to play but this is um a headline that says, um, terrified Peruvian villagers claim they are under attack from seven-foot-tall aliens, dubbed the Face Peelers, as they plead with authorities to send backup. That is a head. So I saw this. <laughs> I saw this and was like, ha, 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 that's so funny. That's a weird fake thing that hasn't happened. It's a real thing. <laughs> oh, no. So this is a real thing that's been happening. So these villagers have been attacked by... They're they're the Ikitsu indigenous people um, who live east of Lima, and they've been attacked by these people. And they said that they like these beings had large heads and yellow eyes. They've been attacked from like July 11th up until like for like a full fucking month. They were getting attacked, and they were like, um, attacking them. Like she's like one woman was. Grab from behind and had her neck cut. Um, people weren't sleeping. Oh. They were afraid to go hunting. Um, they said that these aliens were also wearing protective armor, so it's very much like Predator, yeah? And they called them Los Pelacarras, which means face peelers, which comes from Peruvian folklore. And these beings would come and feast on your fat and organs. And so they're like, what the fuck is going on? Turns out this is actually what's happening, right? These people were showing up dead. These people are showing up injured. Um, they went out and found out that it's even stranger than aliens. It's illegal miners with jetpacks. Oh, what? What? <laughs> what? Yeah. So on the one hand, you've got aliens, and on the other hand, you have people with jetpacks just like stealing shit. Um, I think it was an it was an illegal gold mining syndicate, and it was attached to a bunch of drug cartels. So they were. You know, probably trying to do this on purpose, but like, also, what the fuck is going on with this jetpack thing? I didn't even think like there was functional jetpacks. Like, right? Where did they oh get this? God. How did they work? Um, yeah, so they were using it to prospect. They're using them to prospect for gold, and then they were like, "Oh, we'll just um, we'll just use it, and we'll also use it to scare the locals. It'll be great. It'll be fun." Uh, so oh, here's a picture God. of a little girl with a picture of one of the miners. Oh my god! It's ah, oh my god! It's right? It's so what would you even think if you saw that? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's the article. 
Um, so that was a weird thing, but not like, and I was looking and I was like, there has to be something, I don't know, it's, but it's not quite long enough for a whole episode, but it's a weird one, right? It's so fucking weird. Um, I also, (laughs) just because I have a cursed, um, a cursed account, there is (laughs) one that came up that was just, um, parts that you don't eat from a person if you're eating a person. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it just starts off. It's a it's a woman of or a femme person, excuse me, who's like playing two different characters, and she's like, "Do you know what parts of a person to eat?" And she's like, "Don't eat fingers and toes. They're mostly cartilage. Don't eat. Don't eat eyes. It can make you explode. Like, don't eat." Why do eyes make you explode? It's not. It's not like it will. It doesn't make you explode. It gives you like explosive diarrhea, and then also. That's less exciting. Yeah, and then also um, don't eat the brain because then you can get prions or prions. <laughs> oh, yeah. So gonna... And then you get mad cow disease. That's how you get mad cow disease, too, right? Like, yeah. don't eat brains of things. So, like, um, my brother and I regularly have conversations of, like, theoretical scenarios. We've had the conversation about, like, if you're stranded, could you eat another human kind of thing? And yeah, okay. He refuses no. on every level. He's like, but prions. I'm like, yeah, but you don't even know the frequency of that. You may not even get that. He's like, but prions. I'm Too not often. doing it. <laughs> Too often. It's it's a no for me, thanks. <laughs> uh, oh, a really frustrating one I saw this week was that um, they recently were doing a study to try and see how much blood could be held in um, menstrual products. And they were using this from like a medical standpoint, right? Because you want to know if someone has excessive bleeding during menstruation, they also will sometimes use pads and tampons and things in, in like a medical, like uh, mm-hmm. an emergency. So they want to know how much they can hold. Apparently, this entire fucking time, they measure the absorbency with period products by using saline. Oh. Oh, that's not the same. Yeah, like- it is not the same. If you don't know... <laughs> just let me let you know it's not the same it's not no. the same so That's, when no. when you were a small 13 year old child bleeding through the super the super tampons which already made you feel bad right because like oh no yep. you have to use the big ones it wasn't your fault it's not your fault also, you've been probably not being diagnosed properly because that's how they kind of will let you know if you bleed too much too often too yeah. thickly. That's so interesting. It's like, what are, the, right? are they you not actually think. like the, so the companies aren't testing with a you know a comparable substance? They've, no, they're using salt it's water. So fucking stupid, right? So like all of the commercials, they were no, all how- just like blue water. It's always like, been blue water. Yeah. I thought it was just blue water because, you know, ooh, can't make it red. Well, that is true. But the but medical study part of it is, just... uh, yeah. yeah. But they've always just used, like, water. Yeah, that's just bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, that is not, <laughs> that is not effective. Nope. Testing. Nope. Nope. That was really the, frustrating. The, the, <laughs> My surgeon last year, I um, do not mind sharing that I had a hysterectomy late last year for medical reasons, um, said that the number of women she's seen my age and slightly younger have undiagnosed 
um, issues, polyps, mm-hmm. uh, endometriosis, adenometriosis, which is what I had. Um, and the number of issues, it's just been like staggering in the last few years. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, yeah, that tracks that, that tracks a whole, well, whole lot. But also how many of us have been using pads and tampons that have chemicals in them? Like, and I'm not, mm-hmm. you guys know, I'm not a chemical nut, right? Like I'm not like, Ooh, no chemicals. But like, obviously if you're putting it in your body for long periods of time and lots of them. Like, that could affect you. And then when we started becoming sexually active and using birth control, a lot of us have been on birth control since we were, like, 16, Mm -hmm. even if we weren't sexually active. You're not supposed to be on it for more than a decade. Oh, well, then I've been on it for (laughs) almost... Yeah. Yeah, right? Well, and then some of them you can't be on for more than a few years. Like the ones that they've taught as being long term aren't actually long term, and no one tells What's you these supposed, things. What, what, what is right. the risk if you go past that? The the stroke and blood clot risk go up, also mm-hmm. with age. But yeah, it's it's ten years ish. But um, my surgeon had said the the studies are still kind of a little bit out on that exactly. Um, that was the rule of thumb that she used with her patients. Uh, so, so all, all of that to say, all of this shit is just woefully understudied and people are just now getting around to it, but yet I've wanted so many people have had to suffer. Yeah. I've wanted to tackle feminine health and like how poorly understood and treated it is like not even like just, just, just talking about uteruses, menstruation, and hormones and how poorly that's dealt with mm-hmm. not even touching our pregnancy um birth aftercare in the west um hormones and how poorly we are we are like uh, treated when we come forth with a problem that may be rooted in hormones and again like i mostly hear this kind of stuff from the crunchy crowd i don't care for but they do have a point like we don't have ways of treating that i've been trying to get my hormones looked at and treated and in order to do so i have to go to a naturopath or find a specialist specialists luckily i've gotten in in under three months but they can take years to see yeah i'm just thinking like yeah i've been i'm going on two decades on on birth control at this point same and like the last five years, I've been using birth control back to back because the hormone fluctuations were fucking mm-hmm. with other stuff for me. So I don't have a period anymore because uh, I've just been, so I've been going nonstop. <laughs> well, and or if you ha- are a person with sensory issues, like that can be an option you do in order not to deal mm-hmm. with it. But then, yeah. what are you doing? Like, if you are choosing to have children, like I am, like how has that affected my fertility? Yeah. And, like, with me and my medications that I'm on, because many of my medications are also abortants, like, how does that play into effect? Like, if I can't be on the birth control long term and I'm on these abortants long term, what the fuck does that mean for me? Yeah, you know? Sure. Right. And they don't know. They don't tell you. They don't explain. Um, I Every time I go to the pharmacy, I feel like I get a new little tidbit of information. Oh. About how my meds interact and shit, which should not be the way it is. And I mean, I've taken the time to sit and read through most of 
the medical information for my medications. But like, there, there's also a point where like you as a person, just existing as a lay person, can't absorb all that, can't remember all that. And also it's not good for your mental health because if you're constantly looking for like, I don't know, blood coming out of your face or like any like weird little migraine that maybe is not just a migraine, you start to lose your brain a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. It's just, it's not like everything to do with like female sexual health is just, and reproductive health is just, yeah, yeah. Woefully, it feels like woefully understudied, underfunded, and underappreciated. <laughs> well, and I, another big trend I see a lot, right? Like on my social media, and I know the algorithm does play to me, but um, the lack of pain management mm-hmm. and care that goes into um, getting and removing IUDs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sorry. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Um, so I. I, in my my sweet baby innocence, up until, I don't know, a year ago, thought when they did that, it was just kind of like a tampon that just went up higher, maybe, and then kind of like enveloped out and it wasn't terrible. They use, they use pointy, pointy forceps and, and, and grab and, and pierce your cervix, which does have nerve endings no matter whatever the fuck they say, because I feel Every time I have to get a pap smear, that shit hurts. I can't imagine getting pierced and pried open to shove something up there. Mm -hmm. And then the times that they misdo it and then it gets lodged Mm -hmm. in your uterus. But two friends that that's happened to. And then causes issues. Yeah. I I will never go near an IUD. (laughs) Yeah. I I have a pap smear coming up. I really, I have so much anxiety and, and like fear around it and i'm not even getting that stuff done just like the regular pap smear is terrifying enough mine and they won't give you medication no mine moved after four months wow so and then i had cycles nonstop for six months that's crazy it just didn't stop and i was ready to absolutely lose my shit at somebody lost my shit at somebody a little bit and no kidding (laughs) (sighs) yeah yeah yeah. and the only person who was like kind to me was the ultrasound tech who was like i know you do not want to be here and i was like no i do not want to be here nobody in this position wants to be here he was actually very kind to me but i was just like i'm gonna stop somebody <laughs> this is a moment where i lose my mind and i'm going to stop i felt like for about those six months that i was just yeah yeah it was not it's not fun no they don't they're supposed to numb you or give you pain medication um you can ask for it it doesn't usually happen I've never had that and courtney will understand this this yeah, as someone who's had chronic pain for many years, that's the worst pain I've ever been in. Wow. Was getting that oh, put in. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, nope, no. Yeah, I think I blacked out. Just... Yeah. Yeah. She's lucky she didn't get hit in the face when it happened. Like it like my knee-jerk reaction is literally a knee-jerk reaction and it yeah. I've slapped nurses before oh, on accident. No. <laughs> So, 
my mind knows better than to hit people. My body <laughs> doesn't know better. Yeah, I used to slap nurses when I was a kid. Like, even when they would go to, like, do tongue depressant stuff for, like, strep throat, you know? Because I kind of have to get back in there. So, ha- so Hallie yeah. <laughs> is a flight person, not a flight what person. <laughs> It, no, I will. I will. I will fight a bitch. I'll cut somebody <laughs> if I have to. Help <laughs> is out of reach. Yeah. <laughs> I had a really, really. Oh, I was searching for um, a new doctor, like a like a GP for myself, and tried this one woman, and like the worst pap smear of my entire life that I ended up bleeding for like. We, yeah. So then I had to come me? back, and she cauterized my uterus. Excuse and I me. About her online, I'm like, okay, cool. No, we're done. <laughs> and I got another doctor. Jesus. Holy fucking yeah. shit! It's not good. I've never okay. had a problem with a pap smear other okay. than that. Like, like it's uncomfortable. Like it's never comfortable, but like. <laughs> Never or anything yeah. like that. It's a ball of fun. My, I just, I just went into the doctor for my regular physical, and the nurse didn't read my chart fast enough. She was like, "When was the date of your last cycle?" And I said, "You're gonna want to look at that chart <laughs> a little bit harder." <laughs> and she was like, "Oh." <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't. What you're asking about it doesn't exist in my body anymore. <laughs> It's 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 very strange, and you know, I joke that the hormones are half what they were because I only have one ovary mm-hmm. left. That's it; everything else is gone. Um, I still get the I get the worst part though. I get the let me go eat an entire bag of potato chips part. You sure, that's not, not just the weed. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not. It's during a very uh. particular time. I don't really get the munchies though. It's during a very particular time of the month, and but then it's like gone. It doesn't linger. And I'm like, okay, that's yeah. It's a little. It's a little out of body. It's really weird. But I mean, the thing. I guess if we're on this, the thing that had scared me was like, if they have to, if they have to take both. You know, I'm 38. They would have had to. I would have had to been on hormone supplements for the yeah. rest of my life. Until menopause kicked in. And that can, and that isn't even a guarantee. So the risk is always like you're going to go into early menopause and then you're going to have osteoarthritis and all this crap going on. That's like, yep, 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 yep. This is where we're at. You got to keep one. It was a, it was apparently a narrow thing. (laughs) So. The one didn't work at all, and the other one was covered in scar tissue. So I was like, "Oh, that's cool. that's fine. Yeah, I'm sure that's fine." Uh, yeah, this is my body trying to eat <laughs> itself. Yeah, we're still talking about that, Courtney. Yeah, I don't know anything yeah. about that. Just, nope. Mm-mm. Bodies Sorry. are stupid. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I say it all the time now. I'm like, this is uh, this, this is, is ridiculous. Why? Yeah. This exactly. Who made this? I think it would be no. fine if we had like an instruction manual. <laughs> oh fuck. Or like if your mechanic wasn't a piece of shit trying to scam you. <laughs> One of the two. Yep. 
I still feel like an instruction manual would be too hard for me to understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like... I think if we looked at things properly, instead of de- depending on old information that we know is bad... Mm-hmm. Like, obviously... <laughs> Obviously, BMI is bullshit, and it's not meant to be a medical diagnosis thing. Let's just go into a tangent. Um, and, like, let's just start from scratch. Let's also not commit any, like, ethics violations or hate crimes. Yeah, that's good. Just a thought. Yeah, so the thing with medicine is so difficult. So much of it's just guessing based on symptoms. It's educated guessing as a doctor. Based on symptoms. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, well, the, the crazy thing is, like, ho- like Holly, you guys, how many times have you had a problem, gone to the doctor, asked for a test, and had them tell you no? I've never asked for a mm-hmm. test directly. I've been lucky with that, so. <laughs> oh. I've, I've gone in and been like, I, I have these symptoms. I have this problem. Can I get this test done? Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, no. And then I say, why not? And they don't have an answer. And I say, put it in my chart that you refuse to do this test for right. me. And then they do the test for me. Yep. Yep. And then I'm right. Lo and behold, me. Which, you know, the vindication, but at what cost and what. <laughs> like, how many hours of Googling? Like, fuck, man. Yeah. How many hours yeah. of Googling did I do? I'm just uh, some girl on the internet. Like, you're a goddamn fucking <laughs> doctor. Just run the fucking test. Listen when I say I'm fucking hurting. Do you want to hear something crazy yes. that feels like this ties back into this? So the VA here, the Veterans Association that's supposed to take care of our veterans <laughs> in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, so we I have, have a VA. work for them. Yep. We have a VA center, you know, nearby and we have a university nearby. And a lot of the university doctors do work like one day at the VA clinic, Um, but they don't seem to have like a whole lot of permanent staff. It's all rotating staff. Mm -hmm. Turns out that is largely the case because if they worked full time for the VA, they would make up to $200,000 less a year. Mm -hmm. And I went, yeah, anybody is going to choose to not do no, yeah, you have no choice. That's you why we don't live. have family doctors here. Yeah. Right. I could see it if it was a few tens of thousands of dollars. Two hundred thousand dollars. Well, you're when we get into the whole freaking medical system down there is a, I I cannot even freaking like, hell. Like, no, no. Having lived in both, um, <sighs> no. Canada's not perfect. It's not, it's not, it's not like, oh my God, wonderful. It's wonderful compared to the American system. Um, like, they just want us dead down there. I'm sorry. I'll say it. Yeah. Oh my God. yeah. They, they, if, if you can't they do a good job trying. Yeah. If you can't, uh, if you aren't going to be able to function at what they consider normal for a worker drone, um, they just want you dead. Yeah. yeah, are so in debt that yeah, so or so in debt that you die. They just want you dead. Yeah, it's not. You're too busy focusing on you know good. living in poverty, then you don't get then no. You're not gonna pay attention to what the bigwigs are doing. 
the plan. They want a sick, dumb, dead. Yeah. Anyway, um, for days when you're uh, dealing with drama, aka every day, or if you've gone through a traumatic event, um, I found a cool thing backed up by science. I love science when science is done. Uh, that says if you play Tetris within 24 hours of a traumatic experience, it can help reduce the effect of PTSD on you. That's right. I'm hearing about that. No. It's so cool. <laughs> I know. That is really cool. Uh, I read it. Uh, I use it at work. It definitely helps, like, if you have, like, a stressful situation or something, if you can take five or ten minutes to step away and just, like, take deep breaths and do some Tetris, it, it helps you to focus on something... Yeah. logical and kind oh, of divorce wow. yourself from that that trauma and that emotional state and it works wonders i use oh, it cool. a lot that's yeah that is really really freaking makes good. sense like you do when yeah. i'm having like a really shitty so, situation or um I'm, like in some sort of stress spiral i'll usually play video games so that makes sense <laughs> mm-hmm Oh, okay. I think that's yeah. also a big outlet for people who are neurodiverse is we we tend to do some form of escapism, whether that's reading yeah. or playing a video game. Um, we just, we find a lot of comfort in it. There's also like that familiarity, right? And there's a safety there where like you can't be, you can experience the things and you can get caught up in the emotion and the drama and the, the otherworldliness and get that dopamine, but you're also yeah. safe the whole time. Like, you can stop reading yeah. and not be chased by the bear or yeah, what you have you. have control. Yeah. yeah. Which is nice because I feel like we feel like we, I feel like, we feel like uh, we don't get that a lot in a neurotypical yeah, for world. Sure. That totally makes sense. Also, apparently in England, they force rhubarb to grow underground by candlelight and it glows in the dark. And they I heard that you can also rhubarb. hear it grow. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. I have it grow? saved. I was so excited about it. Because I was like, just found out in England they grow an evil ru- evil rhubarb underground. They call- they must be hand- harvested by candlelight. They call it forced rhubarb. It actually makes squeaks, cranks, and pops as it gets bigger. Because it grows <laughs> like an inch a day. Do you have any pictures That's of it? Because I've never seen it. I do. I don't know if it's actually glowing. Here's the post oh my uh, in the oh my post, gosh. but it looks oh like gosh. it's glowing. It might just be from the candlelight It could just situation. because, like, you know, it's grown in oh darkness. It's probably white, mm-hmm. and it would respond to light. Mm-mm. What? What? It's pink. What? Evil rhubarb. I want some evil rhubarb okay. cider. I love this. It's just, why is it called evil? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing or if it's just this person was calling it evil rhubarb, but it made me happy. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. I had a bunch of other weird stuff saved, but I think it was on my TikTok and I got banned from TikTok for some reason at one point. Don't know why, because I don't do anything other than like scroll for too long. Interesting. Um, <laughs> but then like my sister-in-law was trying to send me stuff and I couldn't get at it. And then my sister stopped sending me stuff recently because I wasn't responding to her. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> sorry, cat. <laughs> I found a picture of the <laughs> rhubarb in normal lighting. God. 
Ooh, yeah, the leaves are just little. Oh, so tiny. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The they look like they makes sense. You, yeah, you, you don't need them to photosynthesize. Like, like they yeah. haven't seen the sun. It yeah. looks delicious. That's oh, amazing. Okay. I think that's um, the majority of my weird stuff that isn't a full. Uh, one thing I did find, two things I did find. Um, apparently, there's something called the Lana Del Rey oh, prophecy. I need to look into it. <laughs> no. Do you know oh about this? God. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard about, about this. <laughs> okay. So, like, I don't know anything about it. I like Lana Del Rey, but all of a sudden I see, like, this thing where it's, like, Lana Del Rey and she's, like, doing something from a video, but then they put, like, Doja Cat, Ariana Grande, um, Camila Cabello, fucking, like, all these famous, like, singing women, mostly of color. Uh, and they're like, yeah, the prophecy, the prophecy has been complete. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then there's a bunch of really terrible, um, yeah, racist shit in here and like colorism yep. shit in here. But that's not oh. for me. So it's, it's a oh. weird. Go into the comments. Yeah, it's a it's a weird spot. I I feel the same way, and we're probably gonna get like. So apologies if somehow something happens, but I feel like Taylor Swift fans are the same way. Mm-hmm. Like they get really weird and bent about things, but the Lana oh. Del Rey fans are are really bent about this whole thing. So they're the one like creating all this crap that just oh. I don't get it. I don't get it I at don't. all. They're basically like, oh, she's called the down the downfall of all of these <laughs> these singers. Okay. All and of I was these like, what? Are still like rich, successful women doing yeah. their thing. Like Ariana Grande has some some is, drama going is, on. Fucking whatever. Yeah, probably not the smartest bean of the bunch. Okay, fine, whatever. Like, but any time celebrities on a whole usually aren't. They have money and power, and those make you dumb. My thing to me is like Lena. Yeah. Delray just doesn't do anything for me. Like over the years, I've gone back and like check. Oh, she's still making music, and I'll listen to it. I'm like, nope, don't care. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. No, clearly, she's gonna take no, over the world. No, no, it's it... <laughs> yeah. People are yeah. so weird. But yeah, yeah, I've heard, know. I've heard that one. That that cracks me up because oh, like, what the? <laughs> Believe it. All right. Thanks for sharing, Carly. Oh. That was a that was a ride. Yeah, that's all the wild shit. Like, I just have a curse. Um, fucking social media. It's either if it's not about like something like horror related from Delta Green, it's something about being neurodivergent or crocheting. Fucking who knows? <laughs> or whales. Whales. Lots whales. of whales. We love whales. Whales are great. <laughs> all right. I guess I'll go next. I took the project quite literally because Hallie was like, maybe like three things. So I picked three things. <laughs> oh. I talk too much. We know this. No, like, no, no, no. I've also no. got write-ups for my three things. It's so <laughs> The first thing I'm going to talk about is a show that I've been watching on Netflix uh, for the last couple of months, which is called Manifest. Have you guys seen it? All right, Ooh. so it's got a really inter- interesting no. premise, and I'm gonna like not. I'm and I'm not gonna spoil anything. I'm just gonna be t- talking about the premise in broad terms. So, 
story focuses on a multi-generational family on a, that goes on a vacation to Jamaica while waiting to catch their flight home. They get word that the airline had oversold the flight and they were offering vouchers to those willing to bump to the next flight. You have the family members um, choose to take the later flight and the first group takes the earlier flight and not long after the three take that later flight. The flight touches down in New York but is immediately detained because their flight arrives five and a half years later than it was supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So for the passengers, it was a totally normal flight, but now they have to reconcile with the fact that so much time has passed and all their friends and loved ones have accepted that they died at this point. And oh, you know, the government having serious questions about how you disappear 200 people for like five years. Eventually, the three family members <laughs> are allowed to return home, but things are strange. The three family members begin to get visions, and they discover that if they can interpret the visions correctly, it can help them avert disaster or help people. It's discovered that this is happening to all the passengers on the plane. Um, the three family members become obsessed with trying to figure out what happened to them and what the visions mean. So the show is a supernatural mystery with elements of secret government organizations and complex interpersonal relationships and honestly it's like it's kept me on my toes the entire time like i'm halfway through the fourth and final season right now and i have no idea how it's gonna end <laughs> and there's so many little mysteries and plot points that oh, unlike many shit. other complex shows of its kind they, they continue to be threads throughout the entire story and aren't forgotten the moment that they're off screen as good comparison as Lost, because, like, you know, if Lost had actually known the entire plot from the get-go instead of seemingly making it up every season <laughs> and picking and choosing which elements carry forward. <laughs> so, I like the cast. It's fairly diverse, and everyone is well cast. One of the main characters is an Indian woman who's a doctor and bisexual and is vital to unraveling the many mysteries, which I love. So, yeah, It's also filmed in Vancouver. Oh, I yeah. don't know if that's really a bonus or anything, but <laughs> I recognize places. <laughs> um, hey. Yeah. So, and oh, that's kind of so cool. I found the pilot yeah. was a little hokey at times, but a couple episodes into the first season, it really finds its balance. And you always know with pilots, like, it can be a little over the place sometimes. Um, and I like that they have, how they've sure. dealt with the core mystery constantly keeping you guessing if it's spiritual in nature, if it's magic, if it's science or something else entirely, but it continually provides little answers that lead to so many other questions. One of the many ideas, like they bring in huh. like conspiracies and myths and stuff that they're analyzing and trying to find some sort of answer in the whole way through. Um, one of the ideas that came up early on obviously possible biblical connections and there was talk about the great flood and this conspiracy that i've never heard of which was that what if noah hadn't simply escaped the flood but had caused it which i thought is fascinating and immediately tried to find sources on but couldn't really find anything what but i it's, i was thinking like oh man this would be such a good topic but then i couldn't find anything it's really interesting to think about <laughs> Ah. Yeah, that's uh, an interesting show. It's on Netflix. Check that out. And next thing that I've been watching a lot of is Swoop, which I kind of mentioned briefly in our last recording. Um, she runs a YouTube channel, and uh, she's also known as Spanky Valentine is actually her name. 
Um, she's a filmmaker, a musician, and in the last couple of years has become a documentary maker. She covers unsolved cases and situations where influencers abuse their power. She's incredibly thorough in her research and cites her sources as well as speaks with survivors whenever possible. Each one of her videos is an hour or two long, too long. Like it's, it's like a legit documentary and many of your topics end up becoming multi-partners. They're so good. I love And I came across Sweep a couple months ago when a problematic YouTuber Illuminati was getting called out in regards to her abusive behavior. I shared Sweep's video in the Gen Discord that I'm in, and that's how I got hooked, and I've kind of been just watching it ever since. Um, So I've slowly been working through her backlog of videos, (laughs) and it has been really insightful and educational because she always tries to bring up like actual scientific research and actual evidence and like you know a lot of the situations he talks about are abuse of power and are abusive situations and so she talks a lot about how like you know there's no perfect victims and this is how these things tend to happen and what we see and like the some of the psyche psychological like knowledge behind it which is really cool um so what her current topic is right now, though, is the Colleen Ballinger debacle. I don't know if you know anything about this. Oh, my God. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so if you're not familiar with Colleen Ballinger, she is a YouTuber most well known for the character Miranda Sings. She claims the character Miranda Sings was inspired by people she went she met in theater school that are very full of themselves and think they have the talent, but they don't. Essentially, she made up a character to bully people she didn't like. She became famous for it. Um, like seriously, millions of you. She's one of the big. She was one of the biggest YouTubers um, and has been for like a decade recently. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, she even had like a Netflix show called Haters Back Off, which, in fact, my old roommate, her brother, filmed the show, and it's the only reason I know who she is. No. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so recently accusations against her have been mounting about how she takes advantage of fans, has inappropriate conversations and interactions with minors, both in public and in private, um, basically all around trash human being. As the evidence has piled up against her, her idea of addressing the problem was to write and perform a song on her ukulele where she equates what is happening to a toxic I... gossip train. I cannot... Dozens of people have come forward with screenshots and evidence that she has groomed them or were incredibly inappropriate with them as minors. And she's like, oh, this is just gossip. <laughs> I'm going to make a song about oh it. My. License it. And then uh, try to copyright strike anyone that uses it in their video. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So she's a gem. So this situation is kept unraveling and Swoop has been covering it extensively from the get-go, speaking with many survivors directly about what happened to them. Swoop comes at this and all topics with an open mind and a determination to find the facts. She also comes at these topics from the perspective of not just an incredibly compassionate individual, but also as a black person and as a survivor of sexual and domestic abuse and someone that struggles with mental health. I've never seen such complex topics covered in such an empathetic and thought-provoking way, whether it be the Casey Anthony murder allegations or the whole mess that is the Kardashians. Um, Sweep always finds a way to dig deep and examine the evidence from all sides with a survivor-first mindset and seems to always uncover some sort of new perspective. The entire time the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, 
court was trial was going on. She reported on it. It's probably she's like six or seven episodes on the thing, and I watched the whole thing. It was really fascinating to kind of see how everything happened, the way the media reacted, and actually get into the details about the court transcripts and stuff, and what really is the situation. Because the common kind of resulting narrative that a lot of people think at this point is that it was mutual abuse, which doesn't really exist. <laughs> yeah, like it's super fascinating and like I said very educational and one of her things is her favorite her famous famous tagline is it's not drama it's dangerous which is something I relate to so hard because especially when we look at things like the gen saga it's so easy to dismiss dismiss the shit with online content creators and influencers as just drama people do get hurt in these situations for real and the power these people have can easily cause their behavior to get overlooked or dismissed, cause all, all sorts of fallout for the survivors. It's like we see this all the time, like, oh yeah, there's YouTube drama or something, and people just dismiss these things, but really, like, they're real people that are having, you know, these engagements right. with these people that are hurting them or abusing them. Like, if it was happening in real life, like, we'll be taking it way more serious, but then it's like, oh, it's the internet. Nothing's real on the internet. Right. Yeah, many people coming forward in the Colleen Bollinger accusations have stories that stretch back years. They only now feel comfortable bringing forward as any previous attempts resulted in them being attacked by Colleen or her millions of fans. It's like, how do you come out against somebody who has that much of a presence? But so what Swoop does is incredibly important. It's so rare for people reporting on true crime or internet abusers to report on them in a compassionate way with a focus on the victims. So often we see coverage in these topics with intense focus on the salacious details, often ignoring the actual impact and trauma these events have on those that lived it and their loved ones. So yeah, I recommend this channel with absolutely my whole heart. Like if you found any of the Jen stuff that I've done interesting, you'll love Swoop stuff. <laughs> and there's always something interesting I'm learning on there. I'm like, oh shit, that's crazy. <laughs> I'll put it around like when I'm making dinner or something yeah, in the background yeah. and it's just very interesting. And the last thing I talk about is my current game. Which, unlike everyone else in the world, is not Baldur's Gate. <laughs> <laughs> what? Lies. Slander. As I, I game on console, so I won't get to join y'all until September. <laughs> which is next week, so we're almost there. Yeah, less than 14 Instead, days. Yeah. Nathan's counting down already. That I've been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Oh, yeah! Yeah, so I heard a lot of good things about it, and I remember when Hallie was playing it, she was talking about it nonstop, so I figured one day I'd probably get around to it, but hadn't really prioritized it. <laughs> I played a bit of the first one way back when, but hadn't really paid attention to the series since then, um, as I tend to be more RPG person than kind of like an action stealth game person. But then it went on sale on PlayStation a couple weeks ago, and... Here we are. Yeah. I'm like 80 hours deep. Yeah. So for people who are somehow amazingly not aware of the Assassin's Creed series at all and has not looked at a video game in the last 20 years, uh, the series takes place in a technically advanced near future, which at the time was 2007, so the future was 2013. <laughs> so, yeah. So... Um, anyways, there's a piece of technology called the Animus that's been created that allows those using it to use the DNA of a deceased person to explore their lives. The series is focused around the eternal war between the Brotherhood 
Brotherhood of Assassins, which are the good guys, quote, intent on keeping balance and protecting the human race, and the Templars, the, quote, bad guys who want to subjugate the human race. Um, it sounds pretty kooky, but in the context of the series, it makes sense. It's just really complex and hard to break down into a simple summary, especially without spoilers, because that shit's fucking wild. <laughs> Yeah, each game consists of two timelines, the present where the hero, Desmond in the first five games and Layla in the rest, is using the Animus to uncover ancient secrets that will somehow help with the present day struggles, to really simplify it. The other timeline will be that of whoever's DNA is being used. In the first game, it was um, Altier, a 12th century assassin during the events of the Third Crusade. Um, and both factions in both the present and past are vying for control over powerful and mysterious artifacts, each for their own game. For the most part in the series, the bulk of the gameplay usually happens in the past as the assassin or assassin-adjacent character, with occasional jumpbacks to modern times. So now they understand the premise, it's time to talk about Valhalla. In Valhalla, as you can imagine, you're a Viking! <laughs> no! Um, and the past plot takes place in the Viking Age, roughly between 900 and 1080. The game itself is fucking gorgeous. Like, I'm sure Holly can attest to this. Like, oh, yeah. environments are so good. And it's like, wow, England is beautiful and it's not raining all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure it's actually beautiful in real life, too. But <laughs> it's a lot less rain in the game. <laughs> and it's also one of the only handful of titles in the series that lets you pick your gender. So the titles, you are male right. by default. Um, and then you set off in this massive open world, and the game starts in Norway, but eventually your character and their brother decide to set off to England to make their name and find, find a new settlement. The fun thing about Assassin's Creed series is that the past events are loosely based on real events. In the case of Valhalla, sure enough, since the late 700s to the early 1000s, um, Vikings had their eye on England and occupied a large chunk of it for a couple centuries. <laughs> Um, throughout the game, you meet real historical figures and real historical locations, and while the events themselves may not always exactly follow the history we know, there are usually significant nods or elements that align to the actual past. Ubisoft, the company that makes the game, works with historical experts to try and make the past events feel as genuine as they can within the confines of a game and their desired plot. I recently discovered that for the last three games, which is Valhalla Origins, and Odyssey, um, originally taking place in Egypt and Odyssey in Greece, there is an additional game mode called Discovery Tour. Heard about this, Allie? Yeah, yeah. So cool. So Discovery Tour allows you to explore the worlds in the game, but like you're visiting a museum and you can walk around the different landmarks and the cities and it will tell you the true history behind them and the things that developers had to change and for what reasons. I don't know if you did you did you play that mode at all? I've I've done a little bit in um oh gosh Odyssey I've done a little bit in Odyssey I did I do it in Origins no I think it just did it in Odyssey yeah I really when I think about all the work that they put in to add that in it's really cool super cool yeah um so I haven't played the mode yet obviously of Valhalla as I'm still working on the game but I'm excited to give it a try once I'm done because I've heard so many good things about it but one thing I did hear was that people found that Discovery Tour for Valhalla was a little lacking. It came up in a Reddit thread that I was reading on the topic. It turns out there's a reason for that. One user points out, we know very, very little about the Vikings in reality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Me being a nerd myself definitely got me wondering. So I went down a real Wikipedia rabbit hole <laughs> of all things Viking and Norse. And it was super interesting. First of all, I was surprised at just how many names of people and places I recognized from playing the game. I was like, oh, that's a yep. natural person. Wow, that actually happened. Well, shit. Yeah. 
like I'm maybe halfway through at this point, so I'm sure more stuff will come up. And I know, like, I think they fudge timelines in certain places to try and make events kind of happen all around so you could, like, see more events than you would have been in a, in a specific narrow timeline. Totally. Um, but what I discovered was, yeah, we know almost nothing about the Vikings from themselves. Quick rundown on the Vikings. No one really knows where the word Viking comes from. There's a lot of debate over its origins, but what we do know, it was used to identify the people of Denmark, Norway, and Sweden during the Viking Age. Despite today being separate countries with their own cultural identities, what we know about them during the Viking era, they were pretty homogenous culture that spoke mostly the same language and shared a lot of the same mythology. The Viking Age is considered to be between 793 and 1066 AD, and it really kicked off with a bang. The first recorded time that England had any contact with Vikings was when they suddenly showed up in 793 at an abbey on Lindisfarne and decimated the thing, raiding it for all its wealth. Monks that lived, back then, lived there were either slaughtered or taken back as slaves, and this is how we get our history of Vikings. Nearly all contemporary knowledge of the Vikings during that era is written by outside sources, primarily the people that they were writing. <laughs> right. <laughs> we are going to get a balanced view. <laughs> um, and like, yeah, England had no idea who these people were. They show up in their yeah. boats, raid this fucking monastery, and then disappear. And they had no idea where they came from, what they wanted. And it, it really shocked England, as you can imagine. So, as reading and writing England at this time was primarily practiced by the wealthy in the church, it was them that recorded the events, and it was also them that were raided, because that's what the Vikings wanted, was wealth. And it wouldn't be until the 1890s that scholars outside of the Norse homelands would begin to reassess the common perception of Vikings. Like, hundreds of years, were like, yeah, those guys are assholes. <laughs> <They're>, they worship <laughs> devils and everything negative you could possibly imagine. I'm a you know, Catholic perception. <laughs> Our earliest internal source of documentation on the Vikings is from 1230, so 200 years after the Viking Age. This leaves us with very little information on them and their culture. Yeah, wow. Thanks to the work of archaeologists and examinations of mythology and other comparative analysis, we've begun to form a picture of who the Vikings might have been. Strong indications that they had incredible trade networks both inside Scandinavia and outside. They valued art and poetry. It was no shame for a man to choose that as his primary path. And that they cared about their appearance and were well-groomed. That their women were independent. They could own land and live a successful single life wherein many other countries around the world at the time, you stayed home until you were married. <laughs> and you risked losing everything if your husband died or left you. They thought that when Viking women turned 20, they would become completely independent and move into their own homes. Women were still thought to be most commonly married off by their families, and it does seem that the patriarchy still had a heavy hand, but compared to many other societies at the time, women in their culture had a lot more power. How women in Viking societies could choose to divorce their husbands. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in that, in those Christian societies, that's yeah. for sure. Hell, they're trying to take that away from us now. Right? <laughs> There's also evidence that suggests that women also raided with the men or bore arms yeah. in other ways. Graves have been found that were long thought to belong to heavily honored warrior men that have turned out to be women. 
Many scholars argue against this, but when we look at Norse mythology, we see nearly an equal amount of women and men represented in the gods, and nearly all the women are known to be cunning, powerful, or often warriors that could easily hold their own against their male counterparts. When we look at religions of many cultures that undervalued women, and where women were not warriors, their female gods also were understated or non-existent Christianity, um, and focused on domestic tasks more than war or hunting. Vikings had law, and they were proficient farmers. Board and dice games were common. The advanced cuisines that used many ingredients and spices, including pepper, which they imported. Um, they played sports, skated, and skied. And as we well know, they were among the first real explorers. Believed to be the first Europeans to set foot in North America. So suck at Christopher Columbus. <laughs> they were known to have touched most corners of the globe, from the British Isles to Estonia to Russia, Iceland, Greenland, even Iran and Constantinople. The mercenaries that often sold their services to wealthy and powerful, known to have guarded the Byzantine emperors for a time. Oh, wow. Imagine having, like, a troop of Vikings as your bodyguards. Amazing. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> fucking badass. Like, don't fuck with that guy. He's got these absolute <laughs> ripped women. He'll tear you apart. <laughs> of course not every aspect is good they did appear to have a thriving slave trade and i saw something that like it was estimated that some other societies were made up a third of slaves yeah. like a third of their entire population was slaves um and it wasn't uncommon for men to have a wife and multiple concubines and sometimes enslaved women a children father in these relationships were no less legitimate than the children produced in wedlock. These children were not considered other like we see in multiple cultures. They were considered part of the family and received inheritance just like the, quote, legitimate child. So that was kind of cool. Hmm. It said that during raids, not only would they raid whatever valuables they could find, but it wasn't uncommon for them to take slaves as well, with a seeming preference for women. Said that because of the polygamous lifestyle, the number of available women within the society was considerably lower than the available men. And there's a lot of evidence that suggests that Viking men marrying or partnering with women from outside of their society. That's just a tiny portion of what there is to talk about with Vikings, and maybe I'll do a topic one day. But there was one thing in particular that kept eating at me while I was reading about this. As mentioned, our first internal documentation about the Norse was in 1200. It's largely thought the Vikings were illiterate and didn't keep a recorded history. They did have a written language. I've got some pictures here. Heck yeah. These are known as runestones. Super mm -hmm. fucking cool looking. Throughout Sweden, Denmark, Norway, and even in England and other countries that they inhabited are thousands of these runestones. Often large stones that had intricate art and language carved into them and these engravings weren't usually much more than a couple phrases or maybe like a stanza of a poem or something. Um, they primarily seemed to be memorials, though weren't usually located at actual burial sites, so they were usually just kind of like set out in a town center or something like that. Hmm. This is the oldest surviving one that we know of. Um, it is known as the Enang Stone, which is in Oppland, Norway. It's thought that there had been four more additional lines to this, but at this point, a lot of it's been remained, and all, all, that re all that remains really is the I, Godgest, wrote this runic inscription. So the signature is what remains. <laughs> um, this stone is dated in the, to the 4th century. Oh, wow. So 
the other Vikings had a written language since at least the 4th century, but no internal long-form documentation has been found before the 12th century. The Viking era was from 700 to 1000, so we know that they valued poetry and song and had strong mm-hmm. oral traditions where they passed down stories and events often of their ancestors. We have the legendary hero, Ragnar Lodbrok, which, if you've ever seen the Vikings, that's the main character, whose achievements are many, and with conflicting timelines, and many scholars doubt whether or not he existed at all. But we do know that people that he claimed to be his sons were definitely real. History and stories were very important to this culture. But we have the gelling stones in Gelling, Denmark, which were thought to be carved in the 10th century at the command of King Harold at the time, which writes, King Harold ordered this monument to be made memory of Gormer, his father, and in the memory of Thera, his mother, that Harold, who won him for himself, all of Denmark and Norway, and made the Danes Christian. Yet, no written history. Like, you don't have monuments, and you don't make all these things with writing on it if no one can read it. They're all over the place, so it's not like it's only, it's not like it was completely uncommon for people to be able to read it, apparently, because you know, they were found in tiny little settlements or off in the middle of fucking nowhere. Or maybe there was a camp. Like, it's not like they had, like, you know, scholars or monks trapped somewhere that were, were writing it. Like, it seems to be that people that went and did exploring were able to write and read this. A lot of the surviving art of the Vikings is stone or metal and a handful of longboats that have been found. But those were made to keep out water, which is a huge factor in the decay of wood. Thanks to a couple amazing surviving pieces, we know that they carved wood a lot, and it's thought that many of the works existed on organic materials like leather, textiles, or wood. And this is gorgeous. This is carving that's made from wood. It's like one of the few remaining pieces. It's still around today. Al, you may (laughs) recognize this. I sure do. So many. I was playing the game. I was like, wow, that's really cool. And I was like looking at it like, oh, is that like a deer or something? I don't know. And then like, you know, a couple days later, I looked this up and like, what the fuck? (laughs) They copied this exactly. It's in the game, which is, I think, really cool. Also incredibly intricate and beautiful. The fact that it's lasted this long is fucking mind blowing. That's really wild. Jeez. So it's possible that this work has been lost. We also have to look at the Christianization of Scandinavia, which began in the 830s, the bulk of which occurred between 960 and 1020. Pagan churches were destroyed during this period, so it's possible that there were historical documentation of some kind, that it too may have been destroyed, especially if it referenced the pagan gods. Though we know that the runestones in Norse language continued to be made after Christianization, and unlike Christianization in many civilizations, it was the Scandinavians themselves that brought the religion in, not outside parties through violence. We have a handful of remnants of other mediums for writing, including a rune sticks, which were used for things like store signs. So I've got an illustration of one that was found. Oh, that's neat. So yeah, they'd put these over, like, the doorway to a store and tell you what the store was. So again, if the common folk can't read that, why Why would you you do it? Why would you put that effort into it? And then this is another piece that has a bunch of rune writing on it, the piece of wood. So it's thought the Vikings didn't have access to parchment, but may have written on birch bark, which would have decayed quite rapidly. I don't know if you can really keep birch bark around long. Uh, It's possible that they had access to vellum, which is paper-like systems made from animal skin or memory, and and they, they were proficient farmers. They had sheep, they had other livestock that they could have used to make this. 
um, but we don't really see this begin to be used a lot more in a broader like in a broader scale until like the fifth century with origins in china going back to 3000 bc but we don't know if the vikings had <laughs> access to this <laughs> so it raises many questions for me and this might be a topic i'll end up diving into one day but i'm completely incredibly curious about this like the fact that there's yeah. just nothing <laughs> there's nothing and you have a language and you write right. on things yeah right we just don't know where <laughs> And that is my topic. <laughs> I think they were just I... trolls. Like, we're going to write on <laughs> everything that isn't paper. And when people come and try and find us, they're going to be like, why the fuck didn't they write on paper? What is this? <laughs> I still love the, like, monks who referenced how, like, the Danes were dangerous because the women found them to be too attractive. Oh, yeah. Because they yeah. they bathed once a week and yeah. combed their hair. <laughs> Apparently, they also had like a soap that would help keep their hair blonde or like make it a little blonder because that was like pretty. Yeah, yeah, they would yeah. bleach their hair. Wild. I read something. I was about just like, that's that that my favorite thing. It's like, oh no, they are too pretty and they bathe far too often. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like obviously most of the history we know about them is about their violent conquest because mm -hmm. that's what people write about. But like, you know, they did live in England for a couple centuries and they did set up large communities. And so there's more to that than, than just the rating. Yeah. And they seem to be quite a cultured and educated person, people. So like, I'm sure there was a lot of good things about them we don't know about. <laughs> Right. Or they could just be assholes that like to yeah. raid their It could be whatever. both. Both could be true. Yep. It's true. What <laughs> <no> los dos? <laughs> That's it for this week. Next week, we'll be back for part two of this episode. Hopefully, you found this interesting. Please let us know if this is something you'd like to see us do again. As always, links, pictures, and additional information can be found on our website at thehumanexception.com. To keep up with all things exceptional, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at thehumanexception. Have a story you want us to cover, want to tell us that we're wrong, or you just want to say hi, you can email us at thehumanexception at gmail.com. And to get on the phone, you can join us on our Discord server. Link can be found on our contact page. Keep on being exceptional, my humans, and have a wonderful weekend. Bye.